The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of love touches earth in the humility of Christ. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily this day are offered in the praise of God for our congregation within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support, your written, emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. Today we meditate upon, we linger before, we search to see a little bit of summer beauty. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy. Increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We pause to begin our service and so our week comes Sunday with moments of prayer and confession. We confess to recognize that life is struggle and that it involves challenge and difficulty and disappointment as our lesson in just a moment from the Hebrew scripture about Jacob will recall. Life also affords as the lesson from Romans, Romans recalls, the support, the guidance, the presence, the grace of God's Spirit in, through, and above all difficulty. As the choir sings our traditional Kyrie, may we pause together in a time of confession. Let us pray. Hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks. A lesson from the book of Genesis, chapter 29, 15 to 28. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were lovely, and Rachel was graceful and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you for seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, 
and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban had given his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her maid. When morning came, it was Leah. Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, This is not done in our country, giving the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as a wife. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, 
knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for all those who love God, who are called according to this purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 105 with the Antiphon. of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He is mindful of his covenant forever, of the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, 
saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. Praise the Lord. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri, the reading of the Gospel, and the singing of hymn uh, 144. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew chapter 13 verses 31 to 34 and 44 to 52. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds but when it is grown it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into a furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord.
be seated. The beauty of summer subspatiae eternitatis, and particularly in a climate like yours, long in darkness and deep in cold, the beauty that is of the fourscore summers God gives you at the largest extent of God's favor is itself a matter for parabolic teaching in the spirit of the gospel for the day. Let us meditate together today for a few minutes by taking a homiletical walk down a dusty summer road, watching for a little beauty. In the mind's eye and with the sun upon our backs, let us meander a moment and see what we can see of a novel dimension in discipleship, beauty. After all, Jesus taught in parables, teaching not one thing without a parable. Start small. There in front of your left moccasin moves a lonely red ant, the lowliest of creatures. Yet, like a Connecticut Yankee bursting with two revolutionary features, virtues, industry, and frugality. Benjamin Franklin wrote, admiring such frugality and industry, and dubious of much dogmatic preaching. None preaches better than the ant, and he says nothing. A good reminder. While we step around the ant, the little insect recalls others, grasshoppers, flies, locusts, simple creatures. Some of our friends prefer the heat of the West and its insects to the rain of the East and ours. The locusts, burning dry heat, flat, arid landscape and lack of water out west would seem to offer us no competition, yet some love the very virtue, the goodness of the people they've known there. Some like the rhythm of town life and enjoy the simple summer gatherings, reunions, little league, band concerts, parades. The people there said, one, they are folks with good hearts, And as Jesus taught his students, if people have some measure of goodness themselves, think how good their maker must be. Maybe that is the beauty of summer, to pause and to appreciate simple, good people, people with good hearts. We can stop up the path a bit. Raspberries, blackberries, all kinds of wild fruit are plentiful just now. Jesus taught us to ask simply for bread and a name. We daily need food and forgiveness. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we forgive all who are indebted to us. What bread does for the body, pardon does for the soul. And one of the gifts of summer is the time and leisure to measure And remember this, a church should be fullest in the summer for this reason, this recognition of our ultimate needs. Our neighbor has baked some of these wild berries into morning muffins. We stop to savor them with butter and coffee. We listen to one another along the path, and so we are nourished by one another and made ready for the next steps in the journey. Maybe this is the beauty of summer, to pause and make space for real devotion, for that which can feed our real hungers 
and set us free for the next adventure. Up ahead there is an old fence. For a river to be a river, it needs river banks high enough to contain the flowing water. For a lake to hold its integrity, it needs a shoreline that stands and lasts. For a field to retain any semblance of usefulness, it needs fences to mark its beginnings and endings. For an individual to have any identity, one needs the limits of positive improvement, as Jesus taught about perseverance, and of protective caution, as Jesus taught about times of trial. For a life, yours, mine, to have meaning and coherence, it needs those riverbanks, shorelines, fences, and limits that give life shape and substance. We can spend some summertime mending fences, especially at a time like ours and across a country right now so keenly divided, a house divided against itself. It is hard work, but utterly crucial to mend fences, to keep your friendships in good repair, and to mend the fences where they allow of it and where they need it. Think, heal, write, love. Some years ago, I came by this same old fence. I was walking with my dad as it happened before his death. We had some coffee and a muffin, and then we started off together down the old road, he to walk with a gnarled walking stick and I to jog after my own eccentric fashion. But for a mile up to the same fence, to the place where the road parts, we walked together. We shuffled and talked a little, remembering the name of a former neighbor, spotting a new garden planted, making a plan or two for later on. We remembered an old friend, an old-style doctor, now long dead. He remembered Dr. Tro had come to visit him the day his mother died. He said, it's so hard when your mother dies. It holds you, gets you right in the chest. And then I could remember Dr. Tro swimming the length of that lake, and while he did so, barking various orders at the universe and at some of his patients along the shoreline, riverbank, fence, along the virtuous limits that make a life. We came to a fork, now one taking the high road and now one taking the low, and with that, an embrace and a word and a glance, and we were alone again, as now, again. Now, along that fence, summer by summer, I walk with him again and feel my dad's presence beside me. Maybe this is the beauty of summer, to set limits and keep them, to mend our fences and protect them, to honor one another in faith and love. This is a clear day for this walk in our reverie, but even so, there are a few dancing clouds, white and bright. We try to make sense of the summer and to make space for the summer and to honor this season, one that brings together meteorological splendor and theological insight. In our chapel, we put together summer experiences, different ones, 
a luncheon and a wedding one day, a talk on summer reading another, a breakfast brunch to honor parents, fathers, mothers, dads, all, a singing vacation Bible school for the young and the young at heart, an Independence Day barbecue, an annual summer national preacher series, and fellowship with one another outside on the plaza to allow meteorology and theology to dance well together. There is a dimension of possibility alive in the summer that is hard to approximate in the rest of the year. We alter our summer habits, not at all to suggest that devotion is less central now, for in some ways summer ought to be the most spiritual of the seasons, but rather to accommodate our life to the necessary rhythms of life around us. It is astounding, astonishing, to hear again in the gospel that the kingdom of heaven is a little beauty, hidden, small, lovely, precious, immaterial, consequential, and secret. But so Jesus teaches us, parable by parable, Summer is the season, and devotion is the focus of all such wonder and possibility. Maybe this is the beauty of summer, to pause and allow a fuller consideration of all the possibilities around us. Life is shot through with secret, unexplored possibilities. A summer wind accompanies us as we walk farther down the dirt road, A fawn, or was it a fox, darts into the brush. The smell of apples already ripening greets us at the turn. More sun, bigger and higher and hotter, makes us sweat. I guess every family has a secret or two, that one subject that dominates every present moment by its sheer weight and the sheer weight of its silence that one taboo topic that somehow screams through its apparent muteness, daddy's drinking, junior's juvenile record, grandpa's prison term, the elephant, the so-called elephant in the room. True of nations, too, and businesses, too, and projects, too, and even churches, too. You find it, finally, by asking gently, about what is feared. The human family has this same kind of family secret, something we avoid discussing if at all possible, something that makes us fearful, something that dominates us through our code of silence. It is our mortality. Our coming death is the one thing that most makes us who we are, mortal. Mortals, creatures, sheep in another's pasture. Not perfect because not perfectible. The image of God, but not God. Beer in a handful of dust. That we are so busy with so many other things that this elemental feature of existence we avoid. In the face of death, come Sunday, say, we turn heavily upon faith, your faith, our faith. 
It is the steady and warming wind, the breeze of the Holy Spirit. It keeps us and strengthens us all along the road. Why? In the scripture we read, if your children ask you for something, do you not provide it? And then the line, and you are evil. Not to put too fine a point on it. Imagine then how much more God will provide for the children beloved of the all-powerful holy God. You are loved, beloved, graced, embraced. You are a child of the living God in time and for eternity. Maybe this is the beauty of summer, to number our days that we get hearts of wisdom, to measure the mystery about us and give over our imaginations to a consideration of our limits. Walking along, come summer, dusty road, you may conjure or contract a traveling bug. You may think, shall we drive? Let's drive north. A popular refrain in Montreal runs like this. Canada could have had the best of three worlds. British government, American industry, French culture. Instead, Canada collected the worst of all three, French bureaucracy, British economics, and American culture. But don't you believe it? As that proverb's tangled contents and tone of wry self-criticism tell, Canada has a great deal to offer you and me, especially right now. We can learn from our little northern neighbor. This is part testimony and part admonition. Take a look this summer at the Dominion of Canada. Let me suggest three things that you can bring back across the border. First, a memory of the Anglican Church in Canada. Its influence far exceeds that of its sister Protestant Episcopal Church here in the United States. Though still statistically little, Canadian Anglicanism in one sense is the ecclesiastical leader of the land. We, especially those out of the Methodist Episcopal tradition, need to hear the voice of the Church of England nearby. After all, we are called to honor our father and mother. Where would Methodism be without its Anglican mother? In this age when theological judgment is so frightfully difficult, the history and tradition and liturgy of this parent church have much to offer us. Take just one example. We here south of the border make much of religious experience. Good enough. But there are some things that should not have to be learned from experience. The richness of our Anglican heritage can remind us of this. Second, there is Dr. Douglas John Hall, professor at McGill University in Montreal, former student of Paul Tillich and author. His book, Lighten Our Darkness, sounds like a voice of realistic truth crying in a pious wilderness, he wrote. The test of theological authenticity is whether we can present Jesus as the crucified. To be concrete, can one perceive in the Jesus of this theology a man who knows the meaning of meaninglessness, the experience of negation, the anguish of hopelessness? Does he encounter the absurd and with trembling? Would a man dare to confess to this Jesus his deepest anxieties, 
his most ultimate questions. Would such a Christ understand failure? Could he participate in our failure? Or is he eternally all above that? Third, there is the United Church of Canada. It was formed in 1925 as a union among Methodists and some Presbyterians, Congregationalists, and other Protestant groups. Today it is a church of some two million members in a country of 30 million, built out of a combination of Methodist and Presbyterian polity. It is not a church without problems, but for those of us who are still interested in walking a little farther down the road toward ecumenism, the experience of the United Church in both its victories and defeats offers a glimpse of what our future, some of our future, might look like. Its predecessor denominations, including Methodism, gave up their inheritance for a new future, gave up their names and habits and protections for the joy of a better future, a church not only with a yesterday, but with a tomorrow. Canadian tourism commercials entice us to the natural, scenic, and cultural wonders of Canada, our neighbor to the north, l'Europe prochaine, the Europe next door, On a dusty, dreamy summer walk, we have at least three other reasons for interest. Anglicanism, Doug Hall, the United Church. Take a look. Maybe this is the beauty of summer, to nourish our souls in the heart and heat of a looming decade of humiliation stretching out 9.2 years still ahead of us. To learn from a smaller, little neighbor due north. Sometimes it can be good to fall in love with the soteriology next door come summer. May the good and gracious God, in the beauty of holiness, make of all of us attentive people, simple and true in our virtues of the heart, nourishing and nourished in pardon, disciplined, by hard, even bitter fences of peace, inspired by gracious clouds billowing and high, and supported all the day long by a summer wind, a spirited faith in the face of death, and a bright willingness to continue to journey, travel, learn, and grow. May we find a little summer beauty in the ant, the berry, the fence, the cloud, the breeze, and the neighbor. For the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field.
God's word says we should devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So let us come personally and collectively to prayer, standing, sitting, kneeling, or however the Spirit moves you. Now let us sing together the call to prayer, hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord. Our God, our one true and living God, you are great and most worthy of praise. We trust in you with our whole hearts and pray for your guidance. We commit ourselves, acknowledging you in all that we do. We ask you to direct our paths. Everlasting God, we trust in your steadfast love, for you are gracious and compassionate slow to anger and rich in love. Merciful God, we trust in your grace. We confess that we have not loved as you have taught us and we have strayed from the path of peace. We pray for your forgiveness and appeal to you to heal the afflictions of our hearts. We ask this with the confidence that if we are willing and obedient, you will forgive and remove our sins. God, our maker, we trust in the beauty of your creation. Great is the work of your hand, for in your wisdom you made a world of diversity. Help us to concentrate on how our differences complement each other rather than how they divide us. Instead of proudly comparing ourselves to others, we pray that we humbly consider how we can work together in service to you. And Lord, We ask that you renew a right spirit within our elected officials and their staffs so that they will all work together to address this nation's challenges. God, our counselor and advocate, we trust in your Holy Spirit. Dwell within us and guide us, Holy Spirit, to help us lead our lives in the most excellent way with love. God, our sustainer, we trust in your word. We hunger and thirst for spiritual nourishment that only you can provide. As we study your word, we pray for guidance and discernment so that we will hear your still, small voice. Heavenly Father, we pray for the peace of your presence in our lives. We lift up those for whom violence is the norm in their home, neighborhood, or country. We pray for peace of mind for people in despair due to the loss of jobs and homes, the degradation of their minds and health, 
and the devastating death of a friend, parent, child, or spouse. Abide with us, Lord, so that we are not indifferent to those in need. Use us to be the peace of your presence in their lives. We ask for courage and strength to put our faith into action with compassion and service for others. God, our refuge, we trust in your faithfulness. Though we struggle with worries, doubts, and fears, we will not be shaken. Our faith in you helps us to endure whatever we encounter because we know that you are at our right hand. Loving God, we trust that you will answer our prayers. Give ear to us and hear our prayers, for we offer them in the name of God, our beautiful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, as children of God, we pray together the prayer from our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel on this Midsummer Sunday in July. Thank you for joining us as a part of our community of worship today, whether you are here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio or live stream on the internet, or later via our podcast. For those of you who are joining us in the sanctuary, we invite you to fill out your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This will help us to get to know you better and for you to get to know one another better. Following the service, our summer non-coffee hour will take place out on Marsh Plaza, so head straight out the doors out to the, the plaza outside, and there will be lemonade and cookies and fruit um, for everyone to enjoy, so we hope that you'll join us in fellowship with our community there. 
Next week, our preaching series on new directions in discipleship will continue with our own Reverend uh, Victoria Gaskell, who is the chapel associate for Methodist students here at Marsh Chapel. For the re- remainder of the summer preaching schedule, please consult your bulletin or log in to the Marsh Chapel webpage at bu.edu chapel. Uh, today, we also remember and recognize the Flame and Bayabut families as uh, they participate in holy baptism after the service today. And we also just want to re- quickly remind those of you, those of you who plan to join us um, in person in the coming weeks, those of you who are joining us today already know that the construction on the Commonwealth Bridge replacement has begun this past week and will co- extend until at least August 14th. Information on alternative routes and impacted roads can be found on the insert in today's bulletin, as well as on our website at bu.edu chapel. Maps of road closures are also available from the hospitality staff. The chapel will remain open during the construction and Sunday service at 11 a.m. will continue for the next uh, following Sundays. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
our justice, love, and mercy. We have brought you today these value-laden pieces of paper and metal and the confidence that this community will support and grow them to grow your circle ever wider through new experiences and explorations of the possibilities of discipleship. Grant that they may be a humble offering so that this community and those that are touched by it may experience the peace and love of Christ. We ask these things through Jesus. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with each one of us now and forever.